just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for loving me. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for loving me. I just want to say thank you.
morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Today is the day you have 
Well, that's a nice start to the morning, huh? Go ahead and have a seat, if you would. Just, uh, you know, we're now doing the standard announcements. So I think the first one that comes up is to say welcome to our guest. If you were here for the first time or the fifth time or the twelfth time, but this still feels like it's new to you, we're glad that you were here. We hope that you will find it welcoming here, and we hope that your experience encountering God is good here. We'd like to know that you visited with us. And so up there you can see text 1C guest to 94,000. If you could please do that. It's not up there. Okay. Trust me, 94,000. 1C guest to 94,000. Um, that just lets us get to know you. That's it. So if you would take a moment to do that, we'd be ever so grateful. Prayer request. Um, we do prayer requests uh, somewhere in the service, and the way that, that works is they come in over a text line or we have someone that is peeling them off of the uh, Facebook page. But if you can text your prayer request to 402-242-5051, that will come in, whatever it is, we'll grab it and we'll bring that up into prayers of the people uh, later on. Uh, communion, if you came in and you're still inclined to take communion in your seat, that is all well and good. Those little containers are out there in the kitchen window. Perhaps you've got yours already. If not, you can pick one up uh, during the next song. And that's what we have for announcements. So again, welcome. We're glad you're here. Let's continue to worship the Lord. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's here, where your blood was spilled, for my ransom, Everything I once held dear, I count it all as a loss. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to
Boys and girls, come on up for the kids' message. Make your way on up here. Find a seat on the floor. And as you find a seat on the floor, I need to find an adult volunteer. I need an adult volunteer. No. <laughs> All right, come on up. All right. Sandra, you're going to help me. That's great. Um, well, I've got some stuff to share here. And do you like sour stuff? Kind of. Kind of? Dang it. I've got some sour stuff. So this is going to be kind of like a challenge. All right. So we've got some Sour Patch Extremes. You want some of those? There you go. You can throw all those in your mouth. Oh, yeah. Just throw them all in your mouth at once. That'll be good. All right. You ready? What do you think? Oh, I forgot. Here's a napkin in case it's too much for you. You can spit them out if you need to. But do you guys like Sour Patch Kids? Yeah. You do? Like Sandra, what do you think? Nice and fruity and sweet. Do you, I, they're not very sour. Do you think they're sour? Yeah. I got something else here too. This is called toxic waste. It says it's hazardously, you can't even talk, hazardously sour candy. And this one says caution, only take one at a time. Because they're dangerous. All right. Are you ready for this one? You used to eat these? Darn it. I might need another volunteer. That's why I said no to Jake, because he said he loves sour stuff. Mm. Yeah, these are nice and sweet and fruity. You're making a funny, you're making a funny face, Sandra. What do you think? They're pretty sour? Do you eat the whole thing? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Mmm, so good. Just sweet. Did you get past the outer coating yet? No, no. Because then once you break it open, there's even a sour thing in the middle. You think she's crying because it's too sour? I'm sweating a little bit. You want that napkin? You are a champ. These are pretty good. And you know what, boys and girls? I've got more. And so if you come up to next steps and bring your parents or grandparents, whoever brought you to church with today, you get them to eat one, I'll give you one too. How about that? That's a deal. Isn't it, moms and dads? That's a deal. Yeah. Oh, these are so good. Nice and sweet. Oh, I forgot too. Just in case you need to wash it down, there's some water. Woo. I'm going to let you in on a little secret while you finish eating yours. Before worship, I took one of these Emberry tablets. Have you ever heard of Emberry tablets before? 
They're really cool. They're these little tablets made out of miracle berries that are found in some other part of the world. And no, they're little tablets. And if you dissolve them on your tongue, they make sour things taste sweet. Isn't that cool? That, that was really, really pretty good. You didn't know I had those, did you? No, no. But you're a champ, Sandra. Let's give her a hand. Thank you for coming up. You can take water with you if you want. <laughs> I can't believe she ate the whole thing. Well, you know what? Let's look at Psalm 119. That's why we're up here this morning, not to torture Sandra. But Psalm 119, verses 103 and 104 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. So God's word is sweeter than honey to my taste. Wow. But you know what? The world tries to trick us, doesn't it? Kind of like an emberry tablet tricked my taste buds into thinking that sour candy was really sweet. The world will try to tell us that God's word's not sweet, but it is. It's sweeter than honey to our taste. And God's word is so sweet because in God's word is the power for us to have faith and also the power to strengthen us to live as Christians throughout our life. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So next time you eat sour candy, remember that God's word is sweet and don't let the world trick you otherwise. All right, let's pray. We'll fold our hands and bow our heads and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word that gives us life in you. Thank you for being the truth that we need in this world. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats, all right?
tell of who you are So forever I am So forever I am thankful for the scars. Seems like a good line to um, think about before we come to the Lord's table. It's those scars that are present here. It's why we remember this. And we think about communion as, a, as an individual thing, and indeed it is. It's a time to examine the heart before we take the, uh, the elements. But it's also important to remember that as a church, we are taking communion together with other believers. And we proclaim the gospel to one another in this meal, and we proclaim the gospel beyond these walls when we take this meal together. Our Lord Jesus Christ, from the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink all of it, each one of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. If you have the elements with you in the little self-container, know that this is the body and blood of Jesus. And when the Spirit moves you, if you're going to stay in your seat and take communion, go right ahead. Otherwise, you know the drill. We come up, um, take communion up here, and, and head back to your seat. So anytime you want to come, we'll be ready to go. So far from heaven's throne, clothed in human form, you show the world the Father's love. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Your grace has broken. 
broken every chain my sins are gone my debt's been paid you gave you gave your life away for me for me You led a sinless life, yet you were crucified. You bought our freedom on the cross. Forsaken for our sins, you died and rose again. Jesus, you are the Lamb of God. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Your grace has broken every chain. My sins are gone, my debt's been paid. You gave, you gave your life away for me. For me. Glorious is your love If I could sing forever It's not enough How glorious is your love If I could sing forever It's not enough How glorious is your love if I could sing forever it's not enough how glorious is your love if I could sing forever it's not enough it's not enough you gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Your grace has broken every chain. My sins are gone, my debt's been paid. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Well, you gave, you gave your life away you gave you gave your life away you gave you gave your life away for me well your grace has broken every chain my sins are gone my debt's been paid you gave you gave your life away for me for me Forsaken for my sins, you died and rose again. Jesus, you are the Lamb of God.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith for life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we bring our prayers to you, spoken and on our hearts from our 1C family. Jesus, we thank you that Nancy could continue treatment Friday. We ask you to continue to give her strength as she battles cancer, and that all you would grant her complete healing. Please grant our friend Val comfort and peace as she lost her husband, Ike, to cancer this past week. Thank you, Lord, for all you have given me. Please pray for my marriage during this tough time. Thank you for bringing my dad along in his healing journey and continue to help him get better and get back home. Prayers to come up with a solution to an unexpected cost in my home. Continue to bless and keep healthy the students and staff during the school year. Finally, Father, we're praying for all the families of the 13 servicemen who lost their lives this week. Lord, please help this country in need. Gracious God, we lay all our prayers at the foot of the cross where your blood poured out for our transgressions. By your power, you bring us healing forgiveness, grace, mercy, and love through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. So we're continuing in this summer series, Summer in the Psalms. And I'm still kind of wondering how it is that Psalm 119 fell my direction. 176 verses. So try, try to stay awake while I read these. No, I'm not reading all 176. A rich, rich psalm, the longest one in the entire Psalter. Before we get started, I came across a prayer that, that uh, Martin Luther has attached to Psalm 119. I acquired this book a little bit ago called Reading the Psalms with Luther. And I would like to just begin our time together with this prayer. Lord, our God, teach us to know and remember how frail we are, that we do not lean on our own understanding, nor depend on our own wisdom and skill, but seek our true wisdom in your word. Let your statutes enlighten our eyes, that we behold your wondrous counsel for the salvation of our souls in Jesus Christ. Amen. So a title message for this psalm could have been Psalm 119, the priority of God's word. All 176 verses in this psalm make God's word a priority. 
And the result for you and I could be found in Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. There it is. Every word of God unfolded gives light. There's a zillion different ways that a person can approach Psalm 119. Um, one of the fellows I was talking to this morning said, how are you going to do this? I mean, you could spend 52 Sundays on this one psalm. I said, yeah, you sure could. But for the sake of uh, those that are gathered, we're not going to do that. We're going to cover three things. These are three themes that kind of bubble up from Psalm 119. One of them is this. God's word is authoritative. God's word is reliable. And God's word is powerful. And it's my hope and prayer that as we kind of spend time with these and try to get our hearts and our heads around these three themes, that it's going to continue to touch on something that Pastor Jim mentioned last week, this idea of making our lives God-centered. So let's begin. The Bible is God's authoritative word. Here's something that you may have found true in your life. When God speaks, he does not mumble. I know when God speaks to me, it's pretty clear. Sometimes I miss it, and the clarity gets ramped up, and I miss it, and the clarity gets ramped up. And pretty soon, in the vernacular, we sometimes use, it's a two-before upside the head. Randy, are you listening? I am, okay? When God speaks... He does not mumble. The, th this book, the Bible, it's, it's not a book of helpful hints for happy living. God's word speaks with authority. And I want to just take a second to go through eight of the terms that are used for his word in this psalm that convey this idea of authority. And if you've, if you've read this psalm, and I'm guessing many, if not most of you had somewhere along the way, you're going to recognize what these synonyms are. The first one is the word law. It reveals God's will for how his people are to live. It carries this nuance of teaching. It can refer sometimes to a single command or it sometimes law. It can be referred to as the first five books of Moses, the Torah, or to all of scripture. But since it is from him, since it is his law, it's not just there for our academic interests, our academic pursuits. It's there for us to obey God's law. There's another word used in Psalm 119. The word is testimonies. And that comes from a root word which means to bear witness. And it points to the dependability of the Bible as a witness to the things of God. It has this nuance of warning, testimony. There's another word, it's called ways. And it refers to the characteristic way in which God acts, the manner of how he acts, as contrasted to our characteristic way of how we act, God's ways. Then in this psalm there, it talks a lot about God's precepts. This is an interesting word. It points to paying close attention to a matter. 
It points to the particular instruction of the Lord as one who cares about detail. Nobody drills down to detail quite like Jesus does. Statutes. Then there is the word commandments. The idea of giving orders. This is the authority of what is said. Then we have judgments or ordinances. This is the idea of justice being rooted in God's character. And finally, just word. That is the most general term of all throughout this psalm. And it emphasizes that God has spoken. What is, well, fascinating, but also enlightening, I think even hopeful, encouraging. You take all eight of these things and the sum effect of all eight of those terms is that the scriptures speak with God's authority. The scriptures don't speak like a, a, a Reader's Digest version giving us hints or suggestions on how to live a successful life. The Bible speaks with God's authority and these eight words point to that. So that's the first thing we want to unpack. The Bible is God's authoritative word. The Bible is also God's reliable word. Within this psalm, there's, well, there's probably more than two, but I chose two verses that speak to this notion of God's word being reliable. Verse 160 says, the sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. And verse 89 says it this way, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Endures forever, firmly fixed in the heavens. The Bible is God's reliable word. It does not change with the times. It speaks with practical relevance regardless of the time in human history that it shows up, regardless of the culture, regardless of the period of history. The Bible is always speaking with practical relevance, its influence, its impact. They've been around through the, all of church history. And if you have ever been a student or have an interest in church history, you will see it. You go all the way back to the book of Acts and, and start coming forward and you will see the relevance of God's word. Which is really remarkable because in that long timeline of church history, just think of the enormous diversity in, in the cultures that you know, sprung up and died away, another one sprung up and died away. Lots of cultures, lots of people, many, many ways of thinking and understanding the scriptures. And it, and it has held true. It has held true. All the way down to this day in Columbus, Nebraska in the year 2021, still speaking with practical relevance. If you sat with the scriptures this morning over morning coffee, you were exposed to it. The Bible's reliability. As we dive into the scriptures, it will touch us over and over and over and over. So there's the second point. The Bible is God's reliable word. Psalm 119, 
you know, takes that to the nth degree. Speaking of how reliable it is in all 176 verses. Then the third point. The Bible is God's powerful word. The Bible is God's powerful word. Down through the centuries, the Bible has had life-transforming effects in the lives of countless numbers of people, regardless of their walk of life or the culture they were raised in or their heritage or wherever they were placed on the timeline of humanity. Life-transforming effects. God's word is powerful. And I want to just touch on a couple of ways in which that power kind of shows up, how we can kind of see it. Here's one of them. The steady, consistent pursuit of God through engagement with his word will sustain our spiritual life. The steady, consistent pursuit of God through engagement with his word sustains our spiritual life. I have times in my life, and and I'm going to guess that in this room, there's many of you that can probably say, yeah, that's me. But I have times in my life, sometimes they're, they're short little times, and other times they're very long, long seasons. And I, there are times when my soul is dry. Have you had that experience where your soul feels dry? Yeah, where the vibrancy of your spiritual life just seems to have dissipated, where the color in your spiritual life, where the joy in your spiritual life, it's just not there. It's just not there. Isaiah 46 through 8 kind of gives a mm, little bit of a hint as to why that might be true, these times of a dry soul. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? And here it is, here's the cry. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Here's my point. These words withering and fading, that's that's the condition when my soul is dry. And I'm going to guess this, that in this room this morning, there's, there's probably a wide range of stories of these, you know, hey, let me hear your fading and withering story. They're out there. We, it, it's the way it is. On this side of heaven, we will wither and we often fade. But I'm curious to know and I'm curious to let you know, what are, what are your practices that you do when your soul is dry? What begins to alter that course? This world that we live in has got a long list of things that, that they would say, here, this will help. This will get you out of being dry and feeling like you've lost all the color in your life. But you know and I know that lasts about that long, okay? I would suggest that 
a practice to get us out of this dry soul would be time in God's word. Okay. That sounds simplistic. But it is, it, it takes an intentionality from us. If we're going to sit in God's word, we have to be intentional to sit in God's word. If, if I'm aware and you're aware that I'm in a fading and withering time of life, and I know that the scriptures are the way out and how important they are to that process, then, then we need to embrace it in season and out of season. Because we're going to wither, we're going to fade, but God's word will not. It's reliable, it's powerful, it's authoritative, it will stand the test. And then Jesus says to kind of layer over this, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. What an invitation. And how do we come to him? Prayer, Bible reading, this, okay? Time with fellow Christ followers outside these walls. I mean, think about your practices and how you take care of your dry soul. So the first, that's the first life-transforming effect. Steady, consistent pursuit of God, engaging with his word. Here's another one. God's word gives us direction in life. Probably the most well-known verse of all 176 verses in Psalm 119 is verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you've had the experience of moving about in darkness, I mean the kind of darkness that's, you know, this, I can't see my, I can't see my hand in front of my face. It's that dark. Well, that kind of darkness needs a light, right? Yeah, that's, that's good logic. I can't continue this. I need a light source because if I'm going to walk in this place with the unaided eye, I need something that's going to help me. The, the, the parallel thought is this, is that life is also, life is too dark for unaided wisdom, okay? If I don't have the wisdom that comes from this time when I'm sitting with, with God in the scriptures, in all likelihood, I'm going to begin to drift and drift and drift and get way off course without the illumination that God's word provides. But there's, a, there's an important however in this. I, you can't, I can't. I can't neglect the word until a crisis hits and then I think, oh my goodness, I can open up scripture and maybe I'll get some emergency guidance. You might. Okay, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But I'm saying the, the better way is that God's wisdom and direction comes from a, a thorough knowledge of his word. It comes, it's gleaned over years. As you and I just give time and attention to this walk with Jesus, to this growing to become increasingly familiar with his word. So let me just close with a thought. Reading Psalm 119 brings Jesus to mind in two ways, at least two ways. 
The first one is he lived out these commandments and these precepts of the psalm perfectly. Every single verse, you're going to find one of those eight terms in there. Jesus lived those out perfectly. He loved God's law. He meditated on it day and night. The second thing is, is Jesus' life is the fullest expression of the word of God. So these eight terms that started this message, law and testimonies and ways and precepts and statutes and commandments and judgments and word, Jesus lived every one of those perfectly. He came as the very living word of God. He came as God's message to the world. Amen. If you would stand, let's recite the Apostles' Creed together, this affirmation of our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So have a, go ahead and have a seat for just a second because Greg's coming up with a couple of quick announcements. Yes, our exploration started up this last Wednesday. We've got classes for all ages, and we have some great adult options for you to choose from. It's not too late to join us. We've got a short video to show you uh, just one of those classes that are available. What would happen if the people of God started handling money God's ways? to get to the end of your life and have nothing to show for it. This is my family's legacy that I'm talking about here. I've got to have a plan and be focused. That knowledge that you pass down to your kids, that is how you change a family tree. You change your life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you have that moment where you say, I've had it. I'm not going to live like this anymore. Financial Peace, one of you, Financial Peace University is one of those classes. Um, you can get more information online or in the tables on the Family Gathering Space. Following Financial Peace University is Vertical Marriage. Uh, we also have Grief Share, Celebrate Recovery, The Gospel of Mark, Bible Journaling, and Adult Foundations. So plenty to choose from. See me if you have any questions. Thank you very much. Yeah. Lots to pick from. There is. Now, would you mind standing one more time? for the blessing and then the song to close us out together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.
Go in peace and serve the Lord. My God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion. God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion. God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion. God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion, he's roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring like a lion, he's roaring, he's roaring.
was through But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. fire stirring something new you're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon
enjoy the delay but i don't have to make feeling down and defeated the place that i stay gonna rise to the moment gonna speak to the waves gonna push back the doubt that keeps dragging me down when i can't find a way don't need to see it i Nothing I can do to let you 